0: And you may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, ABC, O'Reilly Factor, and many other shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit KUCI.org slash privacypiracy. Hey, Murray, what's our show about today?
1: Well, Lloyd, today our show is about healthcare privacy. And you know that medical privacy is a huge issue that all of us now are concerned about, the electronic records and what could be transferred and what can be shared and if there is errors. I mean, we've seen that with the credit bureaus for years that, you know, up 70 percent of credit bureaus have errors that could affect us. And 30 percent of those errors that are on those credit reports can actually keep us from getting some credit. So it is a little bit scary about the privacy issues and the security issues with regard to privacy and healthcare. So today we're gonna to be talking with a, a real expert on this. Let me tell you a little bit about Cliff Baker, who's coming to us all the way from Georgia. But when you hear his wonderful South African accent, you're gonna say he surely doesn't sound like he's from Atlanta, but it's it's great. Cliff Baker is an industry leader in healthcare privacy and security and he's been that for over 18 years. He's worked with the nation's leading healthcare organizations, including developing strategic plans for a number of global and national organizations. He's worked on multi year complex systems implementations, and he's assisted organizations with board level risk management decisions. He works with leading providers, health plans, and pharmaceutical related companies on a number of strategic compliance and tactical solutions. And he has served as an executive advisor for key affiliations and companies to define reasonable practices that are adopted across the industry. So he deals with all sorts of issues of HIPAA, which we've talked about, and we've talked about m- many other issues with regard to healthcare privacy, including medical identity theft. But today we're really going to focus on privacy and security with regard to medical. And healthcare issues. So, thank you so much, Cliff, for joining us all the way from the East Coast.
0: You're welcome. It's a pleasure for me to be on your show, and it's a pleasure for me to interact with a community that's as passionate about privacy as I am.
1: That's terrific. So, tell us how is it that you did get involved in privacy?
0: I've really been involved in healthcare security and privacy for most of my career. Uh, I spent about 14 years at a professional services firm, a global professional services firm, and ran their health care security group. uh, And um, in the course of doing that work, visiting hospitals, visiting health plans, really started to develop uh, a sense of what the privacy implications were uh, around healthcare data. So I come to privacy from a security uh, point of view. And I also spent, as you mentioned, uh, uh, several years working on different standards boards. I, I was the strategy officer for an organization called HITRUST, which developed a security framework for the industry, and in revisiting security over and over again in the healthcare area, really started to uh, get a sense of how exposed healthcare data is in this industry and really developed a passion around protecting that information.
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's really interesting because I, I had to go to my dermatologist recently and they're going all electronic, so they had their little iPads and it was a mess, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. because there is that directive that they have to go all electronic and Asking me questions that, you know, they've never asked me before and I just, you know, I wonder what about if that, that iPad gets stolen, you know, what, what's, you know, what's on that iPad that, that, that could really embarrass me or hurt me or whatever. So I think this is such a huge issue now with the electronic uh, records so let's talk about um, how privacy is really integral to the delivery of quality health care. You say that it is so integral. Can you tell us more about that?
0: Sure. I, I, for me, uh, there's a, a direct link uh, and direct association between quality of health care and privacy. I, mean, I think most people would agree that the industry as a whole strives to deliver quality care And, you know, as a security uh, professional coming to the industry, as a security professional, you always want to make sure you're aligned with the objectives of the organization that you're working for or the industry as a whole. And if uh, the industry as a whole is striving to deliver quality care, A, because uh, it keeps the population healthier, it keeps individuals healthier, it keeps our overall health care costs lower, uh, if that's an overall objective, then delivering quality care needs to be an objective that we strive towards, and so that's always been forefront for me in terms of my profession and what I'm trying to uh, achieve. And uh, in exploring quality care, we actually settled on a definition by the Institutes of Medicine. Uh, they uh, actually, if you're if you're not familiar with them, they produced kind of they have produced landmark research over the years. Um, and uh, at the beginning of the decade, in 2001, they actually published a, a research paper called uh, uh, Crossing the Quality Chasm. And in that paper, they explored healthcare quality in this country. And unfortunately, they uh, determined that we have some serious deficiencies in healthcare quality, and they defined a model for how to deliver healthcare quality. And I don't want to divert this conversation too much on this topic, but what I want to get to is in that model, they make it clear that in order to deliver quality care we need to uh, uh, deliver on the privacy commitments of the industry and patients will uh, will be reluctant to share critical information that's important in their diagnosis, that's important in their care if they're worried that that information is going to be disclosed to individuals uh, beyond their knowledge and so when you have a body like that uh, recognizing almost than a, than a decade ago, the importance of privacy and its and its relationship to quality of care. Uh, it's important for the industry to understand that privacy is not just a compliance issue. It's not just a uh, security and privacy industry objective. It is something that's integral to how we deliver care in this country.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I, I think about some of the disease that are, that are catching, and if people are afraid to tell their doctor what's going on, that could destroy a whole population. So it's really critical that people have that security and confidentiality and that privacy, and then the doctor can do what he or she needs to do to protect other people. So, talking about physicians, what do you think is the physician's um, perspective on privacy? I think,
0: you know, this, uh, it's one more of ignorance than anything else. I think physicians are working really hard in this country to deliver quality care. They're under a lot of pressure, uh, both from a reimbursement perspective, from a changing uh, industry perspective, from a, a changing dynamic, uh, dynamics in this industry around how healthcare is delivered. They're under significant pressure. So I think it's more an uh, issue of ignorance than versus um, ignoring the issue versus really not paying attention to it uh, purposefully. Uh, you know, but for me, at the end of the day, um, uh, you know, I, I, I tie. There's there's a really uh, another kind of important reference I routinely make, and that is, uh, as, as you know, uh, the kind of professional oath for the industry is the Hippocratic oath, and this is a three thousand. This has its basis in a three thousand year old oath, uh, uh, all the way back to the Greek era. And in in that oath, if you kind of read the original text, first of all, it states that. Uh, a primary objective is that uh, physicians will never do harm to anyone purposefully. Right. Uh, so that's that's one of the key objectives. And we've talked a little bit about quality of care, and I'll, I'll, I'll kind of finish it off in a, in a moment for you. But if you actually read through the rest of the Hippocratic Oath, even 3,000 years ago, the last kind of statement there is that, uh, and I'll quote it here, all that may come to my knowledge in the exercise of my profession on the daily commerce with men which ought not to be spread abroad, I will keep secret and will never reveal. Even at a different time, but in the early beginnings of that profession, there was a recognition that that profession will have access to very sensitive and private information, uh, and that it's they have that obligation. The profession has the obligation to keep that information private. Um, I mentioned to you that uh, the Hippocratic oath says first and foremost that it will not do any harm. And I'll reference again the Institute of Medicine. Uh, they published a report in 2009 uh, called Beyond the HIPAA Privacy Rule, Enhancing Privacy and Improving Health Research. And uh, that paper has uh, some um, research that I don't necessarily agree with from a research perspective, but they have a very interesting quote there that I've leveraged a lot. And in that quote they say, breaches of an individual's privacy and confidentiality may affect a person's dignity and cause irreparable harm. Yes, uh, And that statement, irreparable harm, again, if the key tenant of the profession is to make sure that you never cause purposeful harm to a patient, and you've got somebody like the body of the Institute of Medicine saying a disclosure of an individual's uh, privacy may cause irreparable harm, not just harm, but irreparable harm, uh, I think it's something that the profession has to take more seriously and has to pay more attention to and understand the link between delivering quality care and privacy, and it's not something, it's not a either or decision. It's not, do I make investments in care or protect privacy? It's it's essential that you address privacy and in, in how you deliver care.
1: Yeah. And I just wonder what the medical schools are doing now. I remember when um, I, my first husband went to medical school and I uh, supported him through medical school at the University of Virginia. And I went to a lot of classes with them, and the wives were very involved because it was a special program that they finished in three years. And I just don't remember them really focusing on privacy at all. And uh, so I'm just wondering, you know, for for them to come out of medical school, I'm really wondering if they're really pushing the idea of privacy and, and how it can be harmful, and especially with the electronic records. And I mean, I remember being, you know, getting my tonsils out, you know, even when I was 40 years old. And I just remember hearing everything that's going on around me about other patients. So I don't know if that's ever been a real high priority um, in the profession that they, you know, so I I just wondered, do you know if medical schools are are really focusing on that now?
0: I I don't believe they are at all. Like, Like you said, I think it's more a reference to a compliance obligation, you know, uh, beware that there is this thing called HIPAA out there, and beware that you have obligations under HIPAA to keep information private, uh, but it's more a compliance obligation than, uh, you know, why in the interest of your patient is it important to keep information uh, private, uh, so it's, it's not taught in, in that respect. And I think you, you know, you mentioned the iPad, you mentioned sitting in your physician's office and, uh, you know, seeing this new technology that Physicians are using, and this technology provides so much promise in terms of how physicians access information and uh, use it to deliver safe care in terms of prescribing medications and making sure they have access to all the information they need to make an appropriate diagnosis for you. At the same time, it also accumulates huge amounts of data that, if vulnerable to security flaws, can really get ac- can really get into the hands uh, of uh, of more, you know, uh, individuals that are going to use it in a harmful way. Um, and, um, and I don't think the physician, physician community understands the exposure. They don't understand the level of exposure that exists uh, with respect to that information today.
1: Yes. It was interesting, though, because when she, you know, when they, they did that, I asked for a copy. So that was easy for them to just print off a copy of my file because I wanted to see what was in that profile. Right. And I think that's one thing if you are going to the doctor and you're listening in um, and if they are, if they do have things on iPads or they're, they're doing it electronically, you should be able to ask for them to just print it out for you and right. then you'll have it. And, and that could, you can find errors in there as well. Absolutely. And and it's Absolutely. easy when they're interviewing you to, in fact, um, I went twice and and uh, the first time they had some things in there and the second time she said, oh, I think that's wrong. Let me change this. So <laughs> right. so I think it's you know, it's very simple for it's very easy when you're taking, you know, an intake with with the physician's assistant for them to write something down wrong. And so, right. you, you know, you have to look for errors. So, yeah, I mean, it does provide promise and it does provide benefits that we can look at this stuff easier than, you know then copying the handwritten file so um, you've got the benefits and the burdens but in talking about privacy versus security let's explain for my audience really what the relationship is and what the difference is between healthcare privacy and healthcare security
0: sure that's a great question um... Security, privacy is really the, the objective that you're, you're trying to accomplish. Uh, uh, it, it, it is uh, a framework, a policy framework in terms of how you treat information. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, for example, uh, many individuals may uh, refer to the fair information principles as uh, the objectives, privacy objectives that they uh, strive to achieve so, p- privacy sets the objective and the policy framework uh, with which you operate under. Security is in place to ensure that you can achieve those goals. Um, and Security has other goals, for example, making sure that the information is available to you when you need it, making sure that the information remains accurate and is not changed inappropriately. Those are other goals of security, but one, certainly one of the key goals for security is to ensure the privacy objectives uh, for the industry are met. So. Uh, And today, they're so tightly aligned because of the way the industry is adopting technology that you can't really ensure privacy without uh, paying attention to security. And and unfortunately, individuals that focus too much on just the compliance checklist uh, of of the regulations kind of miss the big picture that uh, the, the goal here is to obviously ensure privacy is maintained and you need to do whatever you can from a security standpoint uh, to meet those obligations. Even if the rules aren't necessarily specific uh, in terms of switch on this internal threat, uh, it's incumbent upon organizations to do that analysis and make sure that they do whatever they can to protect their privacy.
1: Right. And, and it, protecting privacy also means, you know, not collecting more than you need to collect. For example, right. if you have... You know, there really isn't any need to collect a social security number unless you're on Medicare, which unfortunately, Medicare is still using the social security number and the military numbers, the social security number, which is crazy. But otherwise, if you are, you know, if you're not in the military and you don't have Medicare or Medicaid, then you know, there's no reason to ask you for your social security number when, indeed, if you have health insurance, you have a health insurance number that is not your social security number. So, you know, privacy is about collecting only what you need, and and um, you know, making sure other people who don't have a need to see it see it. <laughs>
0: you know? That's right. No, that, you, you, That's that's really that's a great point. Um, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. You know, one, one of the things we're experiencing in the industry right now is a push by uh, the government uh, towards health information exchanges. And, you know, again, the the objective is noble, that that we can share information, uh, health uh, providers and health plans can share information uh, wherever the patient may be in the country. So if for some reason you're on vacation, I'm from the southeast and I'm in, on vacation in California, and unfortunately uh, I fall ill or have an accident, I can... Uh, Uh, be admitted to an emergency room, emergency department, and they can get access to my record. And and that will just only help in in terms of uh, ensuring my care and the best care possible for me. Uh, So they're pushing towards health information exchanges. Um, But to your point, one of the privacy uh, challenges is uh, how do we uh, get patients' consent uh, to be able to share that information across the country? And when do we require the consent? And if we do require consent, which personally I think should be the case, um, then how do you uh, ensure that the systems respect that uh, consent or or respect somebody withholding that consent? So um, those are not security issues. Those are pure privacy issues. They may have technical challenges behind the scenes, but they're not security challenges. They're technical challenges. So you're, you're right. There are things, and I'm glad you mentioned that there are, Aspects of privacy that don't necessarily have much to do with security.
1: Right, it's about controlling information, and the other one is about securing information, right? Just right. So they they do go hand in hand, absolutely. So, what's your professional opinion now on the state of privacy uh, for healthcare today in our country?
0: It's in disarray, unfortunately. You know, it's um, I, I mentioned to you before the self-information exchange, and and just as an example. Um, uh, uh, state uh, exchanges are set up state by state, uh, and the federal government is also setting up a national uh, exchange, but uh, states are setting up their own exchanges, and, and sometimes locales are setting up their own exchanges. So, for example, in New York uh, there is an exchange for Manhattan, and then the boroughs may have their own uh, exchanges and so forth. Uh, there's one for upstate New York. Um, and uh, the there is confusion uh, around what the appropriate consent model should be for these exchanges. So, for example, should, we, uh, should hospitals automatically submit a patient's information into the exchange uh, and then gain uh, approval to use that information from the patient? Um, should we automatically exchange it, and unless the patient specifically opts out, feel free to use it, uh, so in opt-in uh, these are commonly for
1: right opt-in or opt-out out, yeah exactly exactly prior permission or or when you you know have to affirmatively say i don't want you to do this yeah exactly yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: you know and I, i'm i'm per, personally the preference that you you gain that the patient should be able to control how the information is shared uh the net impact though uh, in terms of how privacy is implemented across the country is uh, all these exchanges at some point are going to try and connect. And now they privacy policy is really uh, a stumbling block to this connection. You know, well, mm. we we have an opt-out, we have an opt-in, we have an opt-in, uh, we, we put data in, but, you know, we only share it once you get an opt-in. We have all these models and when we connect them, we're not sure how we reconcile those policies. And by the way, the provider who's trying to make sure they are doing the best they can do uh, now knows that their data is going to be shared uh, with with an exchange that they don't necessarily agree with uh, in terms of the opt-in strategy. So, how does that uh, factor into the into the analysis? So, I think there's just confusion and disarray. Unfortunately, um, the the laws were set up in a way that were intended to kind of respect it, uh, not respect. Maybe that's not the best choice of words, but at least reflect the complexity in the industry and, uh, and understand that the industry is complex That different types of organizations, at different uh, sub-sectors, sub-sec- uh, pharmaceuticals versus payers versus providers, and the businesses are different. So the laws are set up to be flexible, but in doing so, they've created a lot of confusion. Yes, And uh, we find the regulators resistant sometimes to be more specific uh, because of all the, the variant variances in the, uh, in the industry in terms of how certain things can be implemented. So unfortunately, the net impact is confusion, and the <laughs> net result is that we continue to have significant breaches in the industry, so significant confusion around privacy, and a lack of clarity in terms of how we should go about protecting ourselves. Wow.
1: So would you suggest that we have a a national law with regard to that? I mean, it seems to me, I guess as a privacy proponent, it just seems to me why not just be the least intrusive and do opt-in, that you get prior permission and you make it real clear to the patients what they're consenting to, let them consent to it, and then have parameters as to how, you know, how that information is going to be shared. And you just have them right up the front, you know, opt in for whatever they have and have them understand, well, you want to opt in because, you know, if, if uh, my dear friend Cliff Baker is out in California and something happens, we want him to be able, he, you know, he can opt in ahead of time to say, under these circumstances, you can get my medical records and you that can works. share them. I mean, right. it just—I guess—it seems simple to me, but if everybody's got a different attitude and everybody's going to have their own rules, then it is chaos.
0: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And again, as a privacy advocate and somebody who's passionate about privacy, I, at the end of the day, for me, the patient should be in control of their information. The problem is, uh, the, I think, whenever uh, legislators uh, or um, Uh, HHS administrators start defining the laws, they quickly get pulled down into the details of how difficult it is to implement these requirements uh, today, and and they they let technical limitations or process limitations define policy. And for me, that's when things get messed up. Uh, I think it's more important to to have sure footing on the policy requirements and the policy objectives In other words, patients control the information in some circumstances when it comes to public health, uh, or in uh, some rare circumstances, we understand that uh, it makes sense to get access to the information, but in 99% of uh, the circumstances, patients should control the information, and the industry will figure out a way. It's an innovative, industrious industry. We'll figure out a way to make sure we can comply with those requirements, but if we end up uh, watering down the requirements because we fear how difficult it is to make them work, uh, we end up actually creating more confusion, and I think it ends up uh, causing more, more difficulty and more confusion than it does actually providing flexibility for the industry.
1: Right. We don't have a lot of time, but everyone listening here is a patient at some time in their life, you know? Right. And so especially, you know, we have a, we have a medical school here at the University of California, Irvine. So what can patients do? to protect their privacy? We don't, like I said, we don't have a lot of time, but if you can give us uh, maybe three tips that are really important to protect your privacy, that would be helpful.
0: Absolutely, I think that's a great question. One is understand your rights, uh, and your rights as a patient are that you have access to your record and you have, you, you have a right to know who's had access to your record. Uh, and you can ask that information of your provider, your physician, you can ask that information of your health plan. Uh, and any other organization that may have access to your information, and so uh, under so know your rights, um, and then uh, be mindful of where your information uh, is being stored. So, for example, when you log into your uh, health plan uh, webpage to look at your benefits, uh, if there are not uh, features that l- allow you to see who last logged, who was the last person that logged on, or to make sure that there is appropriate security on the on the uh, web page make sure that that health plan is informed and make sure they understand what your concerns are uh, and then uh, I think as you, as you mentioned you 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 got access to your record you looked at your record you understand when there was some inaccuracies so finally I think the most important thing is take control of that information it's your information you have a right to that information you have a right to make sure it's yours and it's accurate uh, and so my final advice would be uh, understand that that is your right and take control of that information versus letting others take control of the information for you.
1: Perfect. And so people can also learn more um, about HIPAA um, if they go to the – you want to give us some websites that they can go to? And we also have the the California health care privacy laws are, are, are even more stringent than HIPAA in some ways. So um, what do you have a website that they should go to to learn more about their rights?
0: Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think the the – the best resource for uh, patients is PatientPrivacyRights.org, uh, PPR.org. It's a consumer-focused uh, group actually led by a physician, Dr. Peel, and uh, uh, it is uh, the most uh, resourceful uh, information for patients and consumers around what their rights are as a, as, a, as an individual.
1: Right, and she's been on our show a couple times, and and yeah, I got to meet her in person recently, so that's terrific. Well, thank you, Cliff, for all the great work that you're doing, and we will, you know, stay in touch so you can come back on again, okay?
0: Great. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here. It's been my pleasure.
1: All right. Thanks. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM Minervine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8 a.m. right here on KUCI and visit our website, at KUCI.org slash privacy piracy. See our upcoming guests, download podcasts, listen to archived interviews, and write us emails about what you're concerned about with privacy in the information age. Thanks. Bye-bye. Stay private. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI,
0: its management, or the UC Board of Regents.